with the Lord. Well, once again, I'm, I'm so grateful. You may be seated. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to share in this financial 360 workshop tonight. Amen. Amen. And the reason that we call it the financial 360 workshop is because how many know the Bible has a whole lot to say about money? It does. Anybody ever read the Bible in its entirety? Amen. Uh, if you read it in its entirety, you realize God has a lot to say about money. As a matter of fact, the scriptures I'm going to share with you tonight to give you a little bit of backdrop and insight on, on my life at a personal level. I got born again in 1992. And one of the things I decided when I got born again is I'm reading the word for myself because I don't want to base my walk with God based on what y'all know about God. So it took me about a year to read the Bible in its entirety. By 93, I had read the entire Bible. Well, I, when I read it, I felt like I struck gold. You know, coming from an impoverished background and, you know, barely making it and all of that. I told my wife, I said, we're going to do what the word says and we'll never have a money problem again. Those are my exact words. I said, we're going to do exactly what God's word said and we'll never have another money problem again. Now, at the time, we were in debt. You know, we owe, you know, the Bible said if you owe taxes, pay taxes. And believe it or not, we owe taxes. Anybody ever had a year you owe? You're like, don't file? That was me. I'm like, don't file this year. If I ain't getting a return, that means don't file. So I owe, somebody said, I owe taxes. The Bible said if you owe revenue, pay revenue. Render unto all their due. I did not know the Bible had that much to say about how I manage my resources until I read it for myself. So I, I owe the IRS. I owe Dr. Tannenbaum. I owe, I owe some of everybody. And I had no plan on, on paying them either. Hello, somebody. Amen. Look at my tongue. God will never help you rebel against his word. Amen. Oh, come on. God will never help you rebel against his word. But now here's what I learned. He said, if I commit my plans unto him, he'll do what? Somebody shout, bring them to pass. The Bible says in Proverbs, if you commit your plans unto the Lord, he will establish them or bring them to pass. So I literally took all my debt. And I lifted it up to the Lord. And this is how deep my prayer was. I said, God, I did not want to pay these people back, but I read in your word that I'm not supposed to owe anybody. So if you'll help me, I'll pay them back. That was 1993. 1994, May of 1994, which is now 29 years ago, my wife and I came out of debt. We've never been back in debt since that time. We have not seen debt since 1994. So we have lived, you know, 29 years. We've been, August will be 32 years married. We've lived 29 years debt-free. Wow. Uh, we've lived 20, uh, in 29 years, or in 32 years almost of being married to her. Uh, we've never, I've never foreclosed on a home. I've never, you know, repossessed the car. I've never borrowed money from a family member. We've never stayed with anyone. Because I just believe God wanted us to be a standalone unit trusted in him. Amen. Amen. So I said all that to say this, all right? I said all this to say that I'm going to share a lot of principles. This is going to be like a drive-by, right? I'm going to share a lot of principles in a very short time. If you sample them, they won't work. Hello? If you live by them, money will be the least of your concerns. If you live by the things that we share tonight, say we because I got a partner coming later who's going to close out with a little information for you as well. But if you live by the principles of the word of God, your money will be the least of your concerns. Now, so as I mentioned, we've been almost 30 years now living debt free. OK, 
Um, my, uh, we own our family. We own three homes. My wife and I, not just to mention all the church stuff, but personally, we own three homes. We currently live in what my, my wife, my wife's dream home. Tell you the story of that. In order to buy her dream home, we had to sell my dream home, right? <laughs> Actually, we were going to sell it, but we ended up leasing it. So we're now leasing it out. But the point is we had already paid off our mortgages, mortgage free. You know, we, we didn't have car notes. We didn't have nothing. And I'm going to show you what happened. Okay, so we had two homes that were mortgage-free, car note-free, no debt, no lack, everything we get, literally, my biggest bill was investments. That was my biggest bill. I was like, where to put this money so it grows over time without me doing anything, right? But you know what I found out about God? Faith demands a challenge. My, we had paid our house off. At the time, my wife and I were empty nesters in this big old house. She slapped her dream house on our refrigerator. I ignored it. Hey. I'm like, your dream house is the one we paid off. The one we living in. God looked through my house and found faith. Y'all did not hear what I just said. God is always looking for faith. Now she's living in that dream house. <laughs> now remember, I was done with buying houses. I'm like, we, right? God looked for faith. Y'all did not hear what I just said to you. He found, God told me, I was in prayer. You know what the Lord said? The Lord said, I've answered your prayers. Now I want to answer your wife's prayers. That's what he said. So I'm like, all right, we're going for it then. Now, so anyway, so we're going to jump into this. So the first thing, if we go to that first slide, because I talk to so many people, I counsel people over financial issues all the time, probably more than anything other than infidelity. I counsel people over money issues, right? The, the, the lack of money is never an issue. Understand that. Somebody shout, there is no lack of money. There is no lack of money. What people lack is not money. Number one, people lack vision. Okay? Vision gives you a reason to have money. That's true. Somebody shout, I prosper for purpose. I prosper for purpose. Remember we opened with Deuteronomy 18. The Lord said, don't forget, I'm the one who give you the power to get wealth that I might establish my covenant. That means that when I get money, God has something in mind. Oh, come on, somebody. Say it with me. When I get money, God's got his mission in mind. Now, you know where we mess up? We get money. All, in, all on our mind is our bills. Oh, my God. Let me teach you how to live debt-free. Get your mind off your bills and on his mission. That's how I've lived debt-free all these years. I've never prayed for a mortgage payment. I've never paid to make, I listen, I've never paid to make a car payment. I've never prayed to make a mortgage payment. Never. I've never prayed to pay my personal bill. I've always believed God for the mission for which he needs me to prosper. And I assume that the ambassador's needs are taken care of. Yes, Lord. Oh, come on. Who are ambassadors of Christ? Yes, Lord. Somebody shout, we are. we are. Think about ambassadors from the United States. Do they pay for where they're going to live? No. Do they pay for what they're going to drive? No. Do they pay for what they're going to eat? The government that sent them takes care of them. Yes, they do. So that their focus could be the mission of the kingdom that sent them. I just described how you're supposed to live. Which means, say, I'm supposed to assume that all of my needs will be met. Come on, somebody. While I focus on the king's mission, I am supposed to assume that all of my needs will be met. You know what that's called? Ambassadorship. Y'all got that? So the problem is not money. Somebody shout, there's no lack of money. If you lack money, it's because you have no vision for it. Mm. See, it's not about money. It's about vision. 
Wherever there's vision, there will be provision. Say that with me. Wherever there's vision, there will be provision. Y'all got that? You know, I want you to think about this corporately, uh, corporately speaking of our church and all that it does. It, it cost me. We just did a board meeting Sunday. The first three months of this year, our bills were $1 million. Praise God. The first three months of this year. God. Now, you know why God gave it to me? Because the, 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 the vision mandated it. Oh, God help me. $979,000 in bills just the first quarter of this year. Now, the reason God gave it to us is the vision said we needed it. Right. Oh, my God. So you so the problem is not somebody shout the problem is not money. The issue is vision. See where there's vision, there will be provision. Y'all got that? The biggest problem with many of us on a personal level, you ain't aiming at nothing. You haven't stated anything, you haven't written anything and made it plain. You don't have a picture on your refrigerator of where you're going. You have nothing written on your mirror to remind you that you're not just going to work to get a paycheck and pay bills. You have nothing that you're aiming towards. And because you don't have vision, there is no provision. Vision summons provision. Y'all understand that? You know, I decided that my wife, I thank God for my wife, and she goes out and works when she wants to. You know, she got the little app that she can go and pick where she want to work as a substitute teacher, work when she wants, and be off when she don't want to. But I believed as a husband for these 32 years almost, I believe that God will provide for me so that I can provide for her. My wife doesn't pay bills in my house. She doesn't need to because I believe God to fund me so I can fund her. Now, you know why he has done for 32 years? Because I wanted him to. What do you mean by that? That God will never give you what you don't want to do. I was talking to some fellas online about this. that They were having a fit about it because now this modern day people don't believe that God will do that. The reason God has taken care of me for these 32 years is so that I can take care of her. Y'all did not hear what I just said to you. God tells him I got to meet you at your level of faith. Now, if you believe for 50%, they got to meet you at 50%. <laughs> Hello, somebody. But I believed that God cares for me so I can care for her. Oh, come on, somebody. Y'all got that? My, my wife driving a brand new Range Rover. She ain't never made a payment on the car. This is her third Range Rover. She ain't never made a payment on it. The one she's driving now is paid off. I paid it off the same year I bought it. It through infinite banking, which my friend is going to talk about tonight. Through infinite bank. I was my own bank. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Point I'm making is that somebody shout, there's another way to do things. See, the system is designed to make you a slave to the system. The kingdom is designed to make you a king under another king. He's the king of what? So we are what? Kings and priests. The kingdom is designed to make you identify as a king. The system is designed to make you a slave of the system. Stay out the system. Stay under the king. And then you'll operate as a king. Y'all got that? So vision. What is God's plan for you and your family? What are your goals? Did you write them down? If you married, did y'all talk about them? Are you here's something many people don't do married? Agree. And the Bible said, if anything, if any two owners shall what? Agree. As touching what? Anything. Anything. That's huge. Because what's left out of anything? Absolutely nothing. Why don't we have it? We never agreed for it. It's true. That's why we don't have it. We never agreed for it. We wished. We complained. We speculated. 
right? We, we surmise, but we never agree. We never say, this is what we're believing God for. We let's agree as touching it. And you know, God will meet a couple. If they do that, God will meet them right at their level of expectation. Look at somebody tell them, God wants to show out on your behalf. But listen, above everything, God wants to be believed at the level he reveals himself. Above everything. Y'all got that? Tell somebody, quit looking at your bank account when God talking to you. Oh, come on, tell somebody, quit looking at your bank account when God talking to you. He wants to be believed at the level he reveals himself. Does that make sense? All right. So create a, so after you have a plan for your family, you got to create a strategy. Because faith without works is what? You got If you're going to say we're believing for something, your behavior has to align up with it. You got to have a strategy and start moving in the direction of what you said you're believing for. Number next, you got to communicate those goals to your loved ones. If it's me and my wife, we got to communicate about where we're going. Why? Because we are each other's accountability toward our goals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. See, if we had a goal, that sale ain't your sale. <laughs> yeah, ooh, ooh, nothing. Right? That sale ain't your sale. All right? Now, here's the next thing. Why, what do people lack? Somebody shout, money's not the issue. People lack wisdom. James 1.5 said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask God. Y'all got that? If any man lack wisdom. Anybody own your home? Anybody own your home? Okay, so a few of us own your home, right? Do you own your home mortgage-free? Okay, now let me show you something, right? You would if you asked God how to pay it off. I, I prayed one prayer in the home. We just bought our home, her dream home. We just moved in in November of last year. Okay? Now, the home that we were in, my dream home, okay? I asked God. I said, Lord, I, I need wisdom. Give me a way to pay this home off early. Open a door, right? I don't want to go out and do nothing extra, but give me a door, right? Three weeks later, God opened the door. Okay? Within a year, I paid that house off. You know why God hadn't done it before then? I never asked. If you ask for a mortgage payment, that's exactly what God will give you. Y'all did not hear what I just said to you. The same God that give you the amount for the mortgage payment will give you the amount to pay off the principal. Somebody shout the same God. But we never ask. You never even ask. He said, ask, you shall receive. Is that true or false? Come on, somebody. Is that true or false? God wants to be believed at the level he reveals himself. His word is the level at which he has revealed himself. Y'all got that? Somebody shout, money's not my problem. All right? So we need wisdom. Seek God about how to accomplish your objectives. Be open to mentorship and counsel. Somebody shout, I only know what I know. See that? I'm not learning anything from what I know. So I got to get around people that know what I don't know. See? That's the beauty of, of uh, these relationships God put around us. Avoid patterns that don't work. And quit taking advice from people with no results. Hello, there's some good people whose advice will keep you broke. <laughs> quit listening to them. Y'all got that? When you mark, mark the perfect man, the Bible said, when you see someone that what they say is working, that's who you should be listening to. Y'all got that? Number next, discipline. Decide and do what must be done each day to further your goals. So you realize after you make a decision, you've got to be disciplined. Does that make sense? Goals, uh, uh, discipline only makes sense when you have clear vision. Isn't that right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you say we're going to buy a home and then now 
you run across a sale here, a sale there. You're not going to all these sales and all that. Why? Because I got vision. I need to be what? Disciplined in order to accomplish my vision. Discipline doesn't even make sense without vision. You see that? If I'm trying to lose 50 pounds and I got to choose between the salad bar and the cheeseburger, the cheeseburger aisle over there with all them fried, which one I'm going to? Why? Because my vision decided the disciplines I must enact. Does that make sense? So you see, vision is huge because if you have no vision, you have no reason to be disciplined. Wow. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to spend all your money and live paycheck to paycheck. And if you ever had to ask, I don't know where my money went, you're not living right. You, you, I don't know where my check went. You should know where every cent went because you're a steward. And that means you're managing it to make sure that it's accomplishing what you and God intended with it. Y'all got that? So decide what you must do each day in order to further your goals. Create a to-do list and follow them. Deal with the internal issues that may be demotivating you. Sometimes, somebody shout, it's an inside job. You know, I talked to somebody today who was having some financial issues, and they already know how to resolve them, but they're not motivated to do it. That's not a money issue. That's a motivation issue. Something in you is demotivating you from acting on the opportunities around you. Y'all got that? And you got to ask, what is it in me that's undermining my resolve to move toward the opportunities that could easily resolve my financial issue? Y'all got that? You cannot get great results out of a poor self-image. So you got to deal with whatever you're looking at in you that's undermining your resolve to move toward what you're trying to get done. Y'all got that? I already mentioned, get around achievers. Now, the next key is money management. Okay, money management, which is a stewardship concept. Stewardship is a biblical term. It means I don't own anything. I'm simply a manager of someone else's resources. Yeah. But who is that? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell within, that therein. The gold and silver is mine, says the Lord, which means it's his while it's mine. Hello? Here's another key that will keep you in a place where money will never be a concern to you. The king of the kingdom owns everything, even when it's in my possession. And he has a right to redistribute it whenever he wants without my interference. That's right. Which means if God tells me to give $1,000, I ain't praying about it because it's his. Amen. That's true. Oh, come on. I'm sending the service. God tells me to give $1,000. That ain't my business. I'm, supposed to, I'm just the man supposed to write, write the check, do the app. I ain't supposed to be negotiating over whether I'm supposed to do it or not. Tell somebody that couldn't be the devil. But, why? He don't want you blessed by that seed. You know it ain't you because you would rather hold on to it. Only one person left. <laughs> that process of elimination. Somebody said it's got to be God. Now you can't miss God doing what God said because even if it ain't God, it becomes God because you're acting on the principle that God gave you. You'll reap what? What you sow. Can't miss God giving. Can't be God giving and you can't miss God giving. Y'all see how that work? Y'all to hear what I just said. You can't be God-given. You also can't miss God-given. I'm going to let that sink in just a moment. Was I supposed to give that $500? You can't miss God-giving. He said, give and what? It shall be given unto you. How? Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. Even if it wasn't God, it was God. Y'all did not hear what I just said to you. You cannot miss God-given. Because if you miss the voice, you hit the principle. Mm -hmm. 
And the principle is also the voice. All right. So it's a matter of uh, uh, the master money management is the master key to changing your financial situation. It is a matter of stewardship and it is the indicator that you are ready for increase. Y'all got that? Somebody shout money management. money management. That's the reason that God does not bring greater increase into the lives of a lot of his people. Why? You have proven to not be a good steward. Simple as that. He that is faithful over. A few God makes ruler over what? Oh, so it doesn't matter if I have a little. What matters is my mindset toward the little. Somebody shout, God's watching how I treat the little. God is watching how I treat the little to determine if I qualify to be the steward over the big. Y'all did not hear what I just said. You know why God has given me millions and millions and millions of dollars? You understand? Millions God has, tr millions God has trusted me with. You know why? Because I was good at being a thousandaire. <laughs> oh, my God. If you're not good at being a hundred air, a thousand air, a ten thousand air, tell somebody God ain't going to make you a millionaire. I know that's right. You have been proven that he can trust you at that level. So a part of this is that you have to demonstrate that you can be trusted with that. Y'all got that? Say, if God can get it through me, he'll give it to me. That's how it works. You understand that? If he can get it through me, he'll give it to me. So that million dollars almost that we spent in the first quarter, that means that when I received that million dollars, it couldn't go in my bank account. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on. It had to go to his mission. Y'all right. understand that? That's right. All right. So now watch this now. So here's a, one of the first principles we're going to share. The first principle is budgeting. All right. Luke 14, 28. Uh, let me mention also, if it's okay with Apostle, uh, these slides are on your computer back there. Y'all can drag them on there. So... It, they're yours now, so you can disseminate them if you want to. I don't mind. Amen. I don't mind. All right. So you, I, yeah, all right. So anyway, so the first principle is budgeting. Luke fourteen twenty eight. For which of you intending to build a tower, sit it not down first and count the cost, whether he has sufficient enough to finish it. So budgeting. Say budgeting, budgeting. is a biblical principle. I I meet people all the time that watch this now. They're living for paycheck to paycheck. Let me see your budget. Uh, it's in my head. No, 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 and no. I said, what if the company that you work for kept all they were doing in their head? You'd be unemployed. It, it don't work that way. Somebody has to manage income and expense. Y'all understand that? That's a biblical, that is a biblical principle. Y'all got that? Okay. Uh, Proverbs 27, 23 says, know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. That's a management. That's a resource management principle. Okay. Now, I know y'all don't have flocks and, and uh, 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 herds, but you got checkings and savings. <laughs> so you need an accounting system, right? You need to routinely balance your books. You need to manage your income versus your outgo. And you need to make necessary adjustments. I talk to people all the time that are having money challenges. I sit down with them. I'm like, all right, you coming up $300 short on your bills each month. You eating out $750 a month. You ain't got a money issue. Your problem is that you don't realize how much you're eating out because you have no system to assess your habits. Your budget is also an assessment of your habits. So I always tell them, listen, if you have a shortage 
on, on resources. Your expenses are more than your income, right? You got one or two choices. Make more money, which almost never a solution if you don't fix your system, or spend less money. But to stare at it, talking about it's a doggone shame, I'm sure $349 each month ain't never going to change the situation. You got to act on what you observe when you do your budget. Does that make sense? Now, another thing I ask people, all right, so you short. I say, how much, how much, uh, what is your total budget? Down to the penny. Tell me. Uh, let's see, my car payment. I like, you should know the number. Why, how are you going to believe God if you don't even know what you need? God, ours is a God of specifics. Ask me why. Ask me why. Because he wants specific glory. He want to know that you know that he did it. So that's why you should pray specifically. So when he moves specifically, you'll glorify him specifically. Y'all got that? So the next principle, debt elimination, comes from Romans 13, 8. It says, no, owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loves another has fulfilled the law, right? Which, that's a debt freedom principle. That's a debt elimination principle. Mean, uh, Proverbs, uh, uh, Lord, Psalm 37, 21. Watch this. The wicked borrow and won't pay folk back. Oh, my God. Pay it not again. But the righteous showed mercy and giving. Notice, righteous people are merciful, which means they're being compassionate toward others in need and they're givers. Wicked people will borrow and won't even pay the people. They'll hide a car rather than pay for it. Oh, my God. You got a phone, a phone bill, won't pay the. Now, you done use their they internet services all month and won't pay them people. You know the Bible calls that wickedness? <laughs> oh, my God. So debt elimination is another biblical principle, right? Get debt out of your life. Keep debt out of your life. Amen. I always tell people, get be aggressive toward debt while you're young. Remember I told y'all my wife and I came out of debt in 1994, May of 1994. I was 24 years old. She was 22. Okay, 24. I'll be 53 this year. Debt free for all these years. But I made a decision that I'm not going to live in debt. Does that make sense? So debt elimination is an agreement with God. Somebody shout, it's not about them people. Right? It's my agreement with God. That's what it is. All right? Uh, it is a willingness to keep my word. That's another thing. I don't buy, I don't do anything. For, it's my number one concern when it comes to paying bills. I'm more concerned about keeping my word than I am keeping anything. Come on, somebody. Why? Because if my name is good, I can go out and get it again tomorrow. You mess up your name, you're going to have a hard time getting anything. Amen? So you need a, a system to correct your wrongs, uh, diligence in contacting people and correcting your problem. The Bible said agree with your adversary quickly. Go toward them people. Strike a deal with them people. Make good on what you said. God will honor you if you honor what his word says. Y'all got that? God will never help you rebel against his word. See the problem with many of us? We either don't know God's word or don't want to do what God said. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't know the word, that's called sin. If you do know the word, that's called transgression. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Transgression means I knew it and didn't want to do it anyway. <laughs> All right. So we need to be disciplined and stay in focus as we get ahead. You know, some people get rid of debt and create new debt because they celebrate and get rid of old debt. <laughs> All right. Number next, tithing, systematic, conscious, and consistent giving. Mm -hmm. Most important decision 
I ever made was to begin at least tithing. Somebody shout at least tithing. Somebody shout tithing is the least I can do. It really is. It really is. Y'all got that? And what I had to learn, and I learned it through the word of God, is that tithing is transdispensational. Uh, you can reference Genesis 28, 22. What do you mean by that? No matter what dispensation man has been in, the tithe has always been there. Okay? No matter what dispensation. Even before the law, the tithe was there. Abraham gave it by faith. Jacob gave it by faith. Isaac gave it by faith. They didn't need a, tithe, a law to tithe. Okay? After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Hebrews 7, the tithe is still being given in Hebrews 7. Here, man receives tithes. There it is received of him of whom a witness he lives forever. That's after the resurrection. So now we move from law to grace, and the tithe was still being received. So tithe, somebody shout, tithe is not about law. Write this down. It's about honor. You know why I tithe? And on these 30, uh, uh, these, I got born again. I ran across these principles in 1993. This is 30 years of tithing, at least for me, Right? You know why I've never spent the tithe on anything but the tithe? Because I honor God as my source. Tithing demonstrates that. Somebody shout, I honor God as my source. Not my degree. Not my hookup. Come on, not my job. Come on. I honor God as my source. That is the agreement. That's why we tithe. Because we honor God as our source. Okay? Uh, so tithing is transdispensational. Which means no matter what dispensation it is, the tithe is being received. It's transgenerational, meaning that this thing blesses my children and my children's children when I do it. Hebrews 7, 9. Oh, my God. Yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. Y'all got that? My, my daughter, my daughter, we now, the, the house I bought is a big house. So we now do communal living, right? So we live in this real big house, right? So my daughter and, and uh, my son-in-law and the baby, they live upstairs now. So now they come downstairs. She come downstairs to Papa's house now, right? But in the first year of their marriage, they already saved $60,000. Year one. Year one. Y'all got that? Why? Because my decisions affect my kids. Y'all understand what I'm telling you? The first year of marriage. Okay? Her car is paid off. His will be paid off in December. That's what I'm talking about. Transgenerational wealth through these principles. God never intended our families to be broke. God never intended us to pass bills to our families when we die. We should pass estates and inheritances, not bills and GoFundMe issues. Y'all got that? Everybody here, and Coker's going to talk about that. That's my friend Mike Coker in the back there. Everybody here. You should have a plan for everybody that will be looking at you if something happened to them. <laughs> come on. You go fund me is not a solution. All right. Anyway, we'll come back to that. So tithing is not a matter of law. It's a matter of faith. Okay. Romans 14, 23. Anything that's not of faith is sin. Tithing has little to do with money. Somebody shout, it's not about money. Not about money. Malachi chapter one. So many people run to Malachi chapter three. Right. About tithing. Right. They missed chapter one. He said if, if he said, where's my honor? Mm -hmm. Tithing is a principle of honor. Say, I honor God I honor as, God. My as my source. I prove it with my tithe. Y'all got that? It's not a transitory principle, meaning what? Christ did not replace it. The transitory principles, meaning coming from the Old Testament, and the New Testament. Nobody brought a sin offering tonight. Right. Now, I know you sin at least once this month, right? So, 
So if we still under the Old Testament, you were supposed to bring a sin offering to the priest, right? But because Christ, God made him who knew no sin to become sin that we might be made righteous, somebody shout it's a transitory principle. Meaning, I don't practice that in my walk with God now because Christ replaced that. Christ never replaced the tithe. Which means it's not a transitory principle. If it's not transitory, it should still be practiced by the believer. All right? It's tithing is also proof of my dependency upon God as source. All right? So now here's the next principle. Investments. Ecclesiastes 11.1. 1. Cast your bread upon the waters. You will find it after many days. Somebody shout, that's investments. Okay? Uh, verse 2 says, give portion unto seven and unto eight, for you do not know what shall befall you upon the earth, which means you should have seven or eight ways that you're making income. Somebody shout, not just a job. You know, there's more money in your gifts than there will ever be in your job. Y'all hear what I just said to you? There's more money in your gifts than there will ever be in your job. Ask somebody, what are you really good at without trying hard? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Jobs are where gifts go to die. You know what I just told you? Jobs are where gifts go to die. Oh, wow. I make more money from my gifts than I ever made on a job. Y'all understand that? So investments, Matthew 25, 27. You ought therefore have put my money to the exchangers, that at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Somebody shout interest. interest. Somebody shout, I should be making interest payments right now. Right? I should be receiving interest payments right now. Come on, somebody. I should be making money without giving somebody more of my time. Right or right? Okay, so we need investments. You need investments. Identify trends and get ahead of them, right? Make it part of your overall strategy to be an investor. Remember I told y'all that my, literally, my biggest bill that I was looking at the last season was my investments. Where am I going to invest money? That was my biggest bill, all right? Uh, only invest what you can afford to lose. Remember, there's risk involved with investments. And seek counsel before you invest. All right, that brings me to the second verse, which is verse 2, Ecclesiastes 11, 2. Invest. The Bible literally says invest. You're, right? Stop being a consumer only and become an investor. Find places to put your money where it make money without you having to give it more time. Y'all got that? More hours of your life. Slave to everybody's agenda. You see, that's what it be. The system is, is designed to make you a slave to other people's vision. Edu American education is not designed to make you an entrepreneur. Anybody notice that? It's designed to kill your gifts and your dreams so you'll work for their company. But when you read the Bible, it liberates your thinking from that. You read the Bible, you start getting ideas. <laughs> Isn't that right? So he says here in verse 2, invest in seven ventures. Somebody shout seven or eight things. Okay? Because you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. Now, how do I get another stream of income? Pray for it. Remember I said earlier, the reason God doesn't do some things for some of us, because you haven't even asked. Lord, show me another way to make another stream of income without having to go anywhere to make it. If you ask that question, God will answer that prayer. Y'all got that? Okay, so pray for open doors of opportunity. Look for additional avenues of increase. Act on the leading to act on the leading to learn something new. All right, keep learning and adapting and expanding. 
All right. So we want to become somebody shout, I'm moving to become an investor. Somebody shout, I'm an entrepreneur investor. Somebody shout, I'm no longer just an employee. You know, there's a scripture that says in the daytime, uh, 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 manage your fields and at nighttime, let not your hands be slack. You know what that means? In the daytime, work your job. At night, work your way out of a job. Literally, it's in the Bible. In the daytime, work your job. At night, work your way out of a job. Ask somebody, what are you working on at night? Come on, ask somebody, what are you working on at night that will secure you so you won't need to go to a job? It should be something. It should be something. You know the beauty of being an investor and an entrepreneur is that nobody boxes you in. Think, think about this. If I didn't work for Manifestation Worldwide today, if I stopped receiving an income from my church, it wouldn't matter. Wow. It wouldn't change my lifestyle at all. Why? Seven to eight. Seven to eight streams of income. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? Seven to eight streams of income, right? Creating passive income. Money that don't require me to be nowhere in order to make it. Does that make sense? All right. So, and, and I'll give you the ideas of that. You know, I have $5,000 a month in just rental income coming into my possession. So you got, you can make, these are some of my streams, rental income. You know, I'll, I'll, uh, let me pull up something real quick. I want to uh, give you some ideas. Yeah, I mean, green, I'm in the green over here. Cryptocurrency income, I'm in the green, meaning I'm up to date. You know, uh, stocks and bonds, mutual funds. I mean, things that are uh, uh, constantly making money when I'm not out making money. Y'all got that? Uh, uh, options. I have an options trading partnership right now, right? Making money off of someone else trading and investing. All right. Uh, credit restoration, speaking engagements and honorariums, insurance and annuity commissions, my podcast, and then there, and then lastly, there's my salary at Manifestation Worldwide. I think I listed here about ten things that for which I'm making money that have nothing to do with me going out and giving somebody else hours of my day. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Tell somebody you got to think differently. There's a whole lot of opportunities around you you're ignoring right now. Hello, somebody. There's a whole lot of opportunities you're ignoring. Does that make sense? You know, like how many of us are on social media? How many are on social media? Right? Everybody, right? Social media paid off my house. <laughs> literally. Literally. Everybody. We ain't all doing the same thing. Come on, somebody. You know, I was telling somebody today about, about monetizing your gifts and how if you monetize what you're good at without thinking about, you'll make money. It'll keep coming to you, right? And I showed them my app. Right. I started a podcast, 61 countries. I showed them my I, it's, I got cash in there. Well, I made no me to cash out. All I'm doing is talking. Come on, somebody. And I, and I never run out of stuff to say. <laughs> Hello, somebody. This is my gift. Come on, somebody. This ain't my preference, but I am gifted in this. Does that make sense? So you have to harness your gifts and monetize them. Y'all got that? You neglect your gift, and your gift will not pay the dividends God intended for it to pay you. Listen to me right now. God don't make no jump. Every, every person on the sound of my voice, you got something in you right now that can make you a multimillionaire. Y'all did not hear what I just said. 
I've said it. Your job is killing it. Jobs are where gifts go to die. See? But you got to decide, nope, I'm maximizing my gifts. Y'all got that? All right. So create press passive streams of income. Pray for open doors, and God will open doors if you pray for them. The only prayers God won't answer the ones you won't pray. Okay? Look for additional avenues of increase. Act on the leading of something new. Keep learning and adapting. List right now, for example, I own about five AI uh, artificial intelligence companies. Y'all know why, right? Everybody been seeing this conversation about chat GPT and truth GPT, right? I have already, I don't want to lie, right? So already this year, just off AI companies, I have made thousands of my investment in AI companies this year. Thousands. Why? Because other people talking and I'm earning off the talk. Why? You got to get ahead of the conversation. Invest in it and let people talk. And the more they talk, the more you earn. Y'all hear me? So I own about five artificial intelligence companies. You understand that? Buy the stock. Get ahead of the curve because that's where things are going. Does that make sense? Anybody got an Apple phone? Right? My Apple, that, uh, hello? Anybody got an Apple phone? Now, I, did you buy your Apple phone? I don't, I own a Google phone, right? But thanks to you and your investment in buying an Apple phone, I was able to make enough money to pay off my G-Wagon. Thank you. <laughs> your Apple phone helped me pay off my car. <laughs> you bought the product. I bought the company. Oh, God. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? Anybody on Facebook? Right? How much has Facebook paid you lately? Facebook helped me fund my, my daughter because she was her turn by the time Facebook came out, right? Facebook helped me pay off her tuition while she was in college. I didn't have to even use the money I saved for her to go to college because I bought Facebook when it was low, sold it when it was high, and paid the tuition bills when they came in. We were using the same technology. We were just on two different ends of the use of it. Spot emerging trends. Invest in them and sit back and wait. That's how you do this. Y'all got that? That's how you do this. All right. Uh, next thing. I'm almost done with this part. Credit management. Proverbs 22, verse 1. A good name. Now, you know what you have to do? Here's, in order to do the stuff I'm telling you, I'm not out. This is how I am, right? I very rarely buy myself anything. But when I do, it's good. <laughs> Hello, somebody. When I buy something for myself... I, I don't I decide what I want. I don't look at the price. I decide what I want. But now I don't shop very much. I don't buy things very much, but when I do it's something good, right? But the point I'm I'm trying to make, I'm trying to get you to understand something. In order to become an investor, you have to stop being a consumer. You gotta stop, ooh, I'm finna go get this new that no, no, I'm, it, you know, I'm gonna invest it somewhere where this keep making money for me. Does that make sense? I'm not gonna just keep spending every dime I get my hands on. You gotta stop that. That is a cycle, and it will keep you broke if you keep living that way. Does that make sense? You know, all the time, last week or so, somebody sent me $1,000, you blessed my life, send me $1,000. That went right in the stocks. Literally, it didn't even make it to my bank account good. It went right in the stock. I bought, I bought AI technology, and I bought a gold company with that money. True story. I looked in there, it's up. I already made money off that money. Does that make sense? All right. 
Credit management. Use credit to build credit. A good name, uh, a Proverbs 22, one, a good name. Somebody shout a good name. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver and gold. Your credit score is a measurement of how you've used your name in the marketplace. See? So when the Bible talks about a good name, how do you translate to that to modern behavior? Your credit. If I look at your credit, uh, uh, your credit score and your credit report, I can tell what your character is. Oh, my God. Them folk ain't lying. <laughs> Your credit is not something somebody did to you. It's something you did to them. <laughs> Y'all got that? Somebody shout, my credit matters. Because it's my name. Let me share something with you. Another thing back to houses and lands and cars and all that, right? I don't care nothing about a house, nothing about a car. I always care about my name. You should never lose a house to foreclosure. Why? Because the moment you saw you couldn't afford it, you should have rented it. Move into something you can afford. Let somebody else pay off your house. But you know what stands in the way of a good strategy? Ego. You should have never lost a car in repossession. I gave it back. That's a voluntary repossession. Why? Toro that mug. Right? Put that thing on a, on a site. Rent it out to somebody. Right? Get on the bus. Let them pay off your car. Y'all did not hear what I just said to you. You should never lose anything. Say, I should never lose anything. Right? You don't lose because of a lack of money. You lose because of a lack of strategy. That make sense? Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, in all you're getting, get what? An understanding. The problem is not money. It's wisdom. Somebody shout, how can I? That brings me to another point. Never say, I can't. Say, how can I? You know what my wife has never heard from me? We can't afford that. 32 years almost married. I've never said to her, we can't afford that. Now, I've said no. <laughs> but I've never said we can't afford that. Why? Killing and creating is in my mouth. Y'all got that? All right. So use credit to build credit. Okay. Pay off your bills, your credit bills in full. Y'all do know you're supposed to pay your credit bills off, right? Like, it, you don't, it ain't supposed to become a debtor's prison where you go years paying on a credit card. That's not wise or good. Never exceed 30% of your credit limit. They give you a $900 line of credit. How much you spend? No more than 300. Why? Anything else gonna mess with your credit score. It shows desperation, okay? Pay your bills on time. Pay utilities and leases on time. Open a card each year. You can't, you can't build credit without using credit. So the stuff you normally get, you should use on credit, right? Keep the money in your bank account. Put it on credit. The bill come pay it off in full. That way you're using credit to build credit. Does that make sense? Manage your credit Select report. Select to speak. You should manage your credit report the same way you manage your budget. It's an actual process of making sure that you're managing your report. You should know what's on your report. You should keep derogatories off your report. You should make sure that your report shows that you have a good credit history, that you have multiple lines of credit available to you, that you pay on time, and that you have had your credit accounts a long time. Those are the things that make your credit score get to where you want it to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, you get to a certain point, you don't even need money no more. Your credit's so good. Mm-hmm. Y'all got that? Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I went, the last two cars I bought was the, the G-Wagon and the, and the Range Rover. Mr. Jones, how many do you want to put down? Zero! Ha ha ha. 
Ha 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 ha. So they pull their credit report. They like, now I'm sir. <laughs> I don't have to put anything down if I want to do that. You understand that? Matter of fact, I'm show you what I did. When I bought my wife's car, right? The uh uh I, I got approved for the bank loan, right? And when I got home, I shifted it to my HELOC, right? I just wanted to get the loan because I wanted it on my credit. But I went home and paid it off. Next few weeks, I got the title. So now I'm never making a payment to the bank. I already own the car, and I'm going to pay myself back from my, my home equity line of credit. Use my assets and become my own bank. Does that make sense? Even though I told you I paid my kids tuition off while, while they were in college, right? I still got the student loan. Ask me why. Ask me why. Because I wanted it on my credit. But I paid it off in full every time I got a bill. I was using the system to build my credit, not to get, not to get their money. Does that make sense? I was just using the system. But I never planned on letting their system dictate how I pay them. I already had a plan to pay them without their system. Does that make sense? See, either you're going to use the system or the system is going to use you. I'm trying to teach y'all how to use the system. Now, what does that matter to credit? So my credit and my wife's credit have been over 800 for years and years, both of us. So there's never a no. We never got a car and shouted over God giving us a car because God gave us wisdom to keep our credit to where we get whatever car we want. Does that make sense? I'd rather have wisdom, God's wisdom, than need God's miracle trying to get a car. Hello. I said I would rather have God's wisdom than need God's miracle to get what I want. Does that make sense? All right. You want a miracle or you just want to be blessed like that? Which one? Amen. You know, it's like, do you want the ambulance to show up? You want to just go to the doctor and get checkups regularly. <laughs> All right. So moving on. So now watch this now. So as I mentioned earlier, these principles, and I know it was a lot in a very short time. I know it was a whole lot. And, and you guys do have the slides. You can share them however you want. These principles, if practiced as a lifestyle, will put you in a position where money will be the least of your concern. Now, here's why it matters. How many of you are business owners or want to be a business owner? Raise your hand. Okay? So keep it up if you are currently a business owner. Right? All right. Now, so this is why it matters to your business. Wherever you go, there you are. If you don't get this right at home, your business is going to struggle too. Why? Because businesses are successful because somebody is practicing principles that make them successful. That person practices them personally. So in other words, you got to get this right for yourself so that you can now make this right for others. You become an employer, you're now responsible for others. You understand that? So your employer is responsible to pay you. They're helping you keep your family in order, right? Well, that somebody of the principal have to be behind that, making sure they stay on top of what it takes to keep you paid. So if you're going to be a business owner, you got to start practicing these principles now before you go opening the business. Because guess what? If you can't pay all of your bills in full and have leftover regularly, personally, you won't be able to do it corporately either. Because wherever you go, there you are. You know what you know. And you do what you do out of what you know. Does that make sense to you? Amen. All right. So the last part of our talk today, I'm going to five minutes. I'm going to take any questions. The last part of our talk, I brought one of my partners and friends, a man, an expert today, who's going to talk a little bit about infinite banking, which I alluded to. He's also going to talk a little bit about uh, wealth accumulation, wealth protection and wealth distribution. All right. 
and, uh, and, and give you a, a little bit of information that will help you to put some things in place also for yourself personally. But before we get there, does anyone have any questions uh, on the subject matter that was shared? Any questions real quick? Dr. Mark? Yes. Uh, where would you recommend someone start? Like if they're like, okay, they heard this. Okay, mm -hmm. you got me, God. Where, tomorrow, what would you recommend that they do? Repent. <laughs> for the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, repent me. Rethink how you've been doing things. Yes. That's what repent means. Re reconsider your ways. Think about how you've been doing things. Has it been producing what you want in life? See that? So you got to repent. Rethink how you're doing things. Now, after you repent, rethink, and reconsider how you've been doing things, right? Everything you need to change your life was shared to you tonight. Literally, I just told you, start with budgeting. You got to, I don't care how painful it is, you got to look at, and listen, and don't believe what you think you do. Pull your bank statement and, and put your budget and your bank statement side by side and see if you're deceiving yourself. Right, how badly, right? Because ultimately, you know, this is the true story. Nearly all of the people I meet with about budgeting and shortfall, nearly all of them, I'm going to say 95% of them, always have enough money to pay their bills. Always. 5% really don't. 95% are not monitoring their habits. And their habits, if your outgo exceeds your income, that will be your undoing. It's their habits. It's not income. Literally, I sit with people and I'm like, you don't have a money problem. You have no system to manage it. All the time I deal with this. No system of management. You know why? No father taught them. That's why I'm here tonight. I'm your granddaddy. <laughs> Y'all got that? So start with budgeting. And little by little, begin to incorporate these principles we talked about tonight. Anyone else before I bring up Mr. Coker? Yes. 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 My business in February, I'm a vendor for multiple things. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. <laughs> to tell the truth. Yeah. Right. 